lot of you are invited to be a part of it. If you're here for the first time, then um, at the end of the service, we have a grazing table out there in the courtyard. We would love you to hang out. Uh, we would love to get to know you. We would love to uh, hear about your story. See if there's anything that we can help you with at all. And um, there's some great food out there that the team have prepared for us, preparing for us right now. And there's always a smash it out of the park with that grazing table, which is very cool. Um, so at our house, we usually have two fig trees. Does anyone like figs? Figs, if you big fan. Whoa. Nanda's a fan of figs. I don't really like figs much, but um, we got two big trees at the back of our um, house. And in winter time, I think it's winter, there's like nothing. There's, there's no figs, there's no fruit, there's nothing there. And when we first moved into our house, I'm wondering when are these figs going to grow? But you know what? In season, at the right time, these figs begin to grow. And then my, uh, my father-in-law came up from Albany took the kids at the back and they climbed trees and plucked the figs off the tree and got to eat them, which is great. But the reason I share that is because it's a little bit of a picture of what happens for us when we, the Bible verse says, when we abide in Christ. You see, something that Jesus said to his followers was he says, if you want to bear much fruit in your life, then abide in me. Remain in me. Let me be your source. If you want to have a fruitful life, abide in me. And see, the branch of a fig tree, you don't see a fig tree trying to produce fruit. It's just as it's attached to the vine, or to the trunk in this case. As it remains a part of the tree, then the sap goes through the branch and automatically, in the right season, it begins to bear fruit. Juicy figs. So good. Well, you've got a few chefs as a part of that fruit. One of them is just salivating. And the same thing goes with our life. The encouragement for us is to remain in Christ. And guess what? You will produce fruit. And not only fruit, but much fruit. And fruitfulness in your relationships. Fruitfulness in your work. Fruitfulness in your vocation. Fruitfulness in, in, of, the fruitfulness of your soul. The fruit that comes out of your life. The taste, if you like, of your life, as we remain in Christ, we bear much fruit. We can look for all the answers out there, there's some great helpful things out there, but for Jess and I, my wife and I, we've just been reminded recently, oh, all of that fruit really comes as we make Jesus the source, as we hook into Him. And so here at Everlife, there are different ways that we do uh, that help us to remain in Christ, to be connected into Jesus. Like right now, you're here. I'm here at a church service, I don't know what you're going through in your life, but you're making the decision to put yourself into the presence of God, around other people that can encourage you, you being here can encourage other people. But something else we have all throughout every single week is dinner parties. And so dinner parties, yeah, who loves dinner parties and have a laugh? So dinner parties, So dinner parties is our way of growing stronger together. We believe that as our relationships grow healthier, we grow healthier and stronger in our faith and in our walk with God. And one way that we abide in Christ, we remain connected to Christ, is by being a part of dinner parties. And so dinner parties is our name for connect group or life group, but we have fun because we have dinner and we have a party to my word, that's great. And every single Thursday night, we've got five dinner parties running all across the city at the moment. 
and um, and they're every single Thursday night from seven o'clock to nine o'clock, and already that makes such a difference into the life in the lives of people. We've seen some great fruitfulness in people's lives as they abided in Jesus, which is very very inspiring and encouraging. A lot of life change happening. And so in a moment we're going to have Jaden coming up. I know a few crew here excited to hear Jaden. Who's excited to hear Jaden speak?
And what that basically means is you've got a purpose, you've got a future, you've got a hope. And I believe that God's got a calling that's so strong for so many people here that like he's been preparing you for, that he's placed gifts in your life for that you don't even realise yet. But as you begin to lean into him more and more and pursue him more and more, then that calling becomes more illuminated and it makes more sense. And all of a sudden, all these situations that are going on, they just make sense because you're in the right place. So that's what I want to speak about tonight. If you just uh, want to uh, bow your heads, I'm going to pray real quick. Dear God, I just pray that you move. Holy Spirit, would you just take my words um, and God, just replace them with your words. God, I'll, I just pray that people's hearts be touched with your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. It's cool. Do we have any coffee drinkers in the house? I know I'm here right now because of coffee. I love coffee. I love coffee, coffee shops. I love going to a coffee shop and taking some work and doing some study or um, you know, playing some cards or banana grams with some friends. Um, I used to be the youth pastor for this section of the crowd over here a couple of years ago, and we've had numerous meetings in coffee shops. And, uh, you know, you work... I, I love everything about a coffee shop except for one thing. There's one thing that I just loathe. It's when you go up to the till and they're taking your order, they ask you what you want, like a flat white, and then they ask you, what name can I put that under? And every time, just a little bit of anxiety fills my body as I like all of my focus goes into just pronouncing my name in the most coherent way possible so that they can get it right. And it's like 90% of the time, they don't get my name right. They're like, so what name can I put this under? I'm like, all right, Jaden. They're like, oh, Jordan. Like, no, no, Jaden. They're like, oh, Jason. And, and by the third time, you just, you go with whatever you got. Like, it's, it's not worth the effort. You just need your coffee. But it... It makes me think there's so much power in names yeah. and in what we name things and how we name things. And, you know, as soon as the barista calls out my name over that coffee, that coffee becomes my possession. Yeah. That coffee becomes mine. As soon as he speaks my name over that coffee, that coffee becomes mine. If you're a Christian, you've accepted Christ into your life. As soon as you, as soon as you um, speak Christ's name over your life, you become his possession. You're one with Christ. And so names have so much power. Names have so much weight. And, uh, you know, as soon as you accept Christ into your life and that name becomes one with yours, you're living for, not for yourselves anymore, not for any of your purposes, but you're living with a new purpose, with a new grace and with a new calling. There's also some names, some, some names that we give ourselves that limit us. You know, there's... Um, um, names that limit what God's going to do. I remember when I was in year eight, I went to this brand new big high school, 1,600 students, and um, I walked in and I, I made some friends, and little did I know that these friends were like classified as the bad eggs, you know? They were, they were the bad kids, and so uh, we just went through school, and all of a sudden we started getting labels, labels like detention, like low grades, and then all of a sudden that, that name turned into suspension, and we, we got these name, names and labels put over our lives. And in a, a little bit, like not entirely, but I think a little bit of the reason we were going down that path is because those names were being placed over us. Like we were, we were being called that, so we were that. Um, and so, you know, we were carrying on through year eight with this, with this um, label of, you know, bad students and, and suspended. And, and in next year, in year nine, I had an encounter with God and all of a sudden my name got changed, so to speak, and I was 
um, no longer, you know, suspended. I was in Christ. I was chosen. I was called. I was purposed. And all of a sudden, I was in the same school with the same friends, but my grades started to shift. My name started to change. And all of a sudden, the same principal that um, suspended me in year eight made me head boy in year 12 because of a name change. How often do we let the names of the world stay over our heads and, and limit us? Like we can, we can pick up names and names like not good enough and unworthy and, and not confident enough and they linger over our heads and God's saying, no, you've got a new name. Your name is called and chosen. You've got a purpose. But because we've got this name lingering in our heads, it limits what our purpose, uh, what, what we're able to do in our purpose. Sometimes we give the wrong names too much power and it begins to determine our, de our destiny. You know, we, we each have a purpose and a calling. And, and this awesome picture, this like awesome plan that God's designed uniquely for your life. And you can't do anything to lose it, but you can choose not to use it. You can't do anything to, to, to lose God's love and God's plan for your life. But you can choose not to use God's plan for your life. There's a story in uh, Genesis 32, 22, and it's this guy called Jacob, if we could have that up. It says, that night, Jacob got up and he took his two, two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons, and they crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Next slide, if we can have that. Awesome. Um, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that he was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob answered, Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, you will no longer be named Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then the man blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Penal, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Penal, and he was limping because of, the, because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, Israelites did not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. So there's Jacob, this, this wealthy guy, and he's got all of these possessions. Um, and he sends them across the river and he goes to be alone with God. He goes to pray. And as he does, it says he wrestles with God. He wrestles with God all night from, from dusk to dawn until the next day where he receives his blessing. And his blessing is a change of name. Now, to, to understand why that's such a big deal, you've got to understand that the name Jacob actually means supplanter. It means wrongfully acquired. It means undeserved. And the reason that is, is because Jacob had a brother called Esau. And Jacob's brother Esau was the eldest son. He was born first. And so Esau had the birthright. He had the purpose. He had, he had like, everything was going for Esau. There was huge calling on his life. There was, like, plans and and, and like, just all these awesome prophecies being speak, spoken over Esau. And Jacob wanted that. And so one day on, on, um, on Jacob's dad's deathbed, when Jacob's dad, um, Isaac, 
was dying, he sent to Esau to get his blessing, to give Esau his blessing so that Esau could live out his awesome calling. And while Esau was getting prepared for that, Jacob swooped in and dressed up as him and stole it and received the blessing and tricked his dad and ran off. And then Jacob, you know, he, he stole that and he, he got that for himself and then he went and made himself rich and wealthy and got all these goats and, you know, got his wives and got his children and he got everything he wanted. And, and it just looks like this whole story is just trying to fill himself up. He's trying to fill himself up. He's trying to, you know, make himself as good as his brother. And it really reaches the end of the end of himself when he reaches this story where he meets God. And because he's actually on his way to apologize to his brother. He's acquired all these things and they're still not enough. And so he's gone to apologize to his brother. And one last time, the night before he meets his brother, he goes and he separates, he separates himself from all of his possessions and goes before God. And God says, I have a new name for you. You know, I have a new name for you. You're, you're no longer wrongfully acquired. I have a new name for you. I'm changing your name. Let me ask you, are there people in this place that have names placed over them, undeserved, unworthy, come on, unpure, yeah. that need a new name tonight, that need a new name that means may God prevail? You know, Israel, his new name means may God prevail. You know, God wants to prevail over your life, in your situation. God wants to have his hand on what you're doing. Yeah. You know, in the insignificant things, when you're at work or, you know, when you're talking with friends, God wants to have his hand on those situations. God wants to use you. God's got a purpose for you and a plan for you. God, God's changing names here tonight, I believe. So there's a few things I want to get out of this. A few thoughts on, on this wrestle with God. I think we can, we can get some lessons out of um, Jacob's wrestle with God. The first is, purpose becomes clear with prayer. You know, Jacob was so lost and so um, at the end of him, himself when he went towards God and his purpose became clear. So he thought his purpose was to acquire all these things and, and to live out Esau's life. But his purpose wasn't for anything else but that God may prevail. You know, um, he wrestled with God all night and I think sometimes we undermine um, our prayers because we think they're not grand enough and they're not big enough and, you know, I think really wrestle with God, it just seemed like a one-sided wrestle, but let me tell you, it's not the grandeur or the awesomeness of the prayer, sometimes it's the frequency. Jacob wrestled all night with God to get that blessing. You know, that's why when we, when we pray, when we fast, the Bible teaches that, because, like, it's over an extended period of time, because sometimes it takes 21 days to, to do what couldn't happen in 20 days. So if you need clarity in your purpose, if you need clarity in your situation, what God's doing in your life, then frequently pray. Let's seek God. Let's seek it out of God. I believe God God doesn't want to hide your purpose from you. God wants to unveil it. But you've got to make yourself available to what God's doing. The next thing is purpose will always lead you to help others. A God purpose will always lead you to help others. So Jacob would have been terrified about the next day. His brother Esau had an army he had a full army and all Jacob had was his family. And so Jacob, in a sense, was going towards God because he was scared. He wanted a blessing. So that's why he wrestled with this man. Now he's got a broken hip and he's thinking, I need a blessing. And so he asks for a blessing. But the thing is, when Jacob came out of that, he didn't just receive a blessing. He became the blessing. His name got changed to Israel and all of a sudden a full nation 
is built upon this one man that sought God. When you seek your blessing from God, when you're, when you're seeking your purpose from God, you're always pointed towards helping other people, to, to building other people. And the last one is, and I'll get the band up if that's cool, purpose is given one piece at a time. It's not like this massive, you know, unveiling of the curtain and we get this awesome picture. It's one piece at a time. And, and sometimes, you know, it's a little bit, it could, could be a little bit underwhelming. You're like, God, where's the full picture? But God's, saying, God's not interested in you just getting to the destination. God's interested in your journey. God wants to journey through your purpose with you. God wants to show you things in the journey. And so you'll get it one piece at a time. It might just be, oh, man, I've got this gifting in this area. Or I can, I can pray, I can, you know, when I pray for people, things start to happen. Or, you know, I'm a good, I'm good in the kitchen. That's my gifting. I'm, I'm, I don't know, we've got an awesome platter team. Um, and, like, maybe that's the part of your purpose that God's unveiling to you. You've got an amen from the kitchen. It's good. It's one piece at a time. It might just be gifting. It might just be a prompting. But make sure you keep seeking it. Make yourself available to it. I love how we have to pack down the setup each night because it means that the people are making themselves available to serve. And when you're making yourself available to God's work, things begin to happen. And so it's a blessing that we're here setting up each week. It's a blessing that we can do this. You know, God has this huge and unique plan and purpose for your life. He has this big picture planned out. There's this verse I want to read. It's not on the screens, but I'll read it to you. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above that all that we ask or think. God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you think he can do in your life. And you're not too far gone. You're not, you're not too far this way or that way. God was already placed that in your heart. You just need to go seek Him. Go lean into Him. I'm just going to pray for everyone right now. That's cool. That tonight we may we might leave fired up. We might leave excited. We might leave expecting for God's purpose over our lives, for our calling to become illuminated. Let me pray. Dear God, I just pray in the Holy Spirit that you begin to just move right now. God, you touch hearts and you just open eyes to purpose, to new giftings, to new callings, Father, to areas of um, untapped potential, Father. God, I pray that you would open doors for people that have been seeking and calling for a long time, Father. God, I pray that um, from this place right here, that giants of faith would rise up. God, that in this church there would be people of influence, there would be people that are called, that are purpose, that are leading other people, Father. God, I just pray that you move over this place right now. That throughout the weeks as we begin to seek you, that you'll just be meeting us there, meeting us in that place. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. How about we give that a round of applause? Thanks, James. It's so good. It's such an encouraging word. You know, I really related a lot to what James was saying. You know, for me, the labels put in my life, I just thought I'd just share with you a little bit of my story. Um, the labels put in my life was, was rejected by my own family, by my own dad. And for me, coming 
from that place we're under that label of, of rejection, of being unworthy, for me to turn and to come to God and spend time with God in prayer, not the right words, but really a lot of it is just like crying, really, at God's feet, just like, <laughs> but in that place I found that God had the new label, a new name for me, saying, my son, who belongs to me, called, called of God. And in that place, in God's presence, when I found my new identity, I was able to find new strength. And all of a sudden, with this, with this new vision, with this new passion rising up within me, all of a sudden, like Jacob was saying, my purpose became not about how I can preserve and protect my life, but how, how can I help to bring this life to the lives of others? And so I just believe that the Holy Spirit really is, is here, just in this moment. And that there's, there's some, been some labels, there's been some things that have happened in your life, there's a perception that you might have about yourself that God in no way sees you in that way, but He wants to just peel off those labels. He wants to get rid of those things to give you a freshness, a new label, a new identity in Him. Maybe it's not a completely new one, but it's the dust, the layers of dust have gotten there. You, you've forgotten, you've been distracted by Instagram and Facebook and whatever else puts up as the labels that you should have. This is who you should be, but God, tonight is going to know that. I've called you. I love you. You are my son. You are my daughter. You belong in my family. You have eternal worth, enough for me to come and to die for you. So right now, just we all stand up together. And I believe, just in this moment, that the Holy Spirit is going to do something simple but powerful. So let's ask you to close your eyes across this room. I just want to lead us just in this moment. And if you have words spoken over yourself, I'm just going to believe the Holy Spirit just to highlight one of those or maybe two of those to you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that right now you want to set people free tonight. You want to get that eraser out, Lord. You want to rub out um, the lies and those identities that have been put on people, Lord, that are not of you. And I thank you tonight you want to remove them. Would you just reveal what they are in this, in this moment? Holy Spirit, I just believe the Holy Spirit right now that every single person here is revealing to you a label, a thought that you have about yourself. Maybe someone, something that someone has said. Maybe something that someone has left unsaid. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And that is right now. I believe that God wants to break the power of those right now in Jesus' name. So when you do hold those in your heart, would you lift up your hands if that's you in this place as, a, as an outward declaration? of surrender to God, inviting God to come and do what only He can do. Right now, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come, Lord, with these, each of these labels, Lord, us declared and broken in Jesus' name, Lord. Those labels of rejection in Jesus' name, those labels of unworthiness be broken in Jesus' name. Those labels of not smart enough in Jesus' name. Those labels of not good enough in Jesus' name. Those, those labels of too young or too dumb, of too old, those labels in Jesus' name, we break the power of them in Jesus' name. God has declared a fresh, new label, new truths, Lord, that set people free in this place, Lord. The label of acceptance, the label of family, the label of belonging. You belong to Almighty God. You belong in the house of God. It's not your behavior that qualifies you. It's what Jesus has done for you that qualifies you to receive everything that God has for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
In Jesus' name, we worship you. I thank you for what you're doing in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name, we declare new freedom. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue singing just for a few moments.